Hey, ladies. Um, before this week's episode of Like a Lady, I just wanted to give everyone a fair warning that we do cover some topics that can be kind of sensitive for people. We talk about um, body image, uh, we talk about eating disorders, and we do talk specifically about where Jamie works, which is a center for eating disorders, where she is a licensed therapist. So if that's something that might be triggering for you, please skip this episode and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Hello, guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of Like a Lady Podcast. I am so excited for this week's episode. Uh, I have Jamie Golden with me. Um, I'm having so much fun reconnecting with all my high school friends. <laughs> I hope you guys are enjoying listening. Um, so I want Jamie to kind of give a little short blurb about her um, and what she does, because that'll definitely be a big topic that we're going to talk about today. So, Yes. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, I actually just listened. Uh, my name is Jamie, and I just listened to you and Sierra, and I was like cackling because I was okay. I just have to say I was in that Bible class, and I was just like reliving every moment. But anyways, so it was. <laughs> That's amazing. I had, I had to tell you because I was like, oh my gosh, like yeah, it brought up a lot of vivid memories. But yes, um, I had the pleasure of going to high school with Brittany, and like I was just thinking about this. We had so many classes together. We did. Like there was like some people that I just didn't have classes with, but we, we had so many like biology or freshman English Mm -hmm. or Bible class, chorus, like theater. Mm -hmm. We, we had so many. Um, Me and Jamie did theater together all through high school and loved that. That was time. Jamie did advanced classes and that is where we differed a little bit. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. Well, we had advanced theater class though together. We did. We did. That was the only advanced class I took was advanced theater. So I think those are honestly though, I think you comprise so much of like some of my favorite memories about high school. So that makes me so happy. I you know that like you have like you're just involved in some of my like the funniest memories to me. Um and that can like literally that could be an entire (laughs) Bella. No, sorry. That would be Bella, my dog, everyone. Uh, I'll post a picture of Bella in um, this week's episode uh, highlights. But okay, so Jamie, give them a little bit like you finished your undergrad, you finished your master's. And also, um, Jamie has an amazing testimony about a really, I, I'm. it's just like a freak thing yeah. that happened. And I'm definitely going to link that because it's it's truly an amazing story. <laughs> And you can talk about it however much you want to. Yeah, but, let's um, say, do you want me to touch on that? Because I can. Definitely, um, just in your life story after high school, just catch me and everyone else up. So okay. you went to school, you know. Yeah. So I um, went off to Stanford University um, in 2012. Me, Brittany and I were the same year. Um, and so I graduated in 2016 with a sociology major. And I had plans to, I'd always have plans to do social work. Um, but I was working at a summer camp and just like, just honestly enjoying that life. And when I got really sick, um, just all of a sudden by sepsis and it completely within 24 hours, my entire life changed. Um, and I was fighting for my life. I, um, unfortunately, Long story short, there were some repercussions and I lost um, some of my fingers and my toes and um, which no one in the podcast can see this, but I have prosthetics. No way. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Guys, they look amazing. 
I also don't talk about that a lot too. Um, but yeah. No. So, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, that's, I didn't even know, like I knew about like you losing some and I never, I did not know. And I wouldn't know. So that's yeah. amazing. Jamie was a completely healthy 22 year old. Yeah. Year two. Yeah. I, I mean, I was working at summer camp. I was completely. Yeah. Um, so it was just like a freak thing. Um, Crazy. And you had to kind of, you had to like relearn, I had to relearn like how to, motor skills, right? Relearn everything. Like I learned, I had to learn how to feed myself, clothe myself, walk again. I had to learn how to walk again, which was insane. Um, like it just, yeah, like that time in my life was just so weird. Um, but not a lot of people know this either, but like I was determined to still like be a normal person. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I went back to school within two weeks of being discharged from the hospital. Okay. Yeah. I was, that was going to be my next point because Jamie is a boss lady and she got discharged from the hospital. Still this uphill battle that she has to start. And she starts her master's program. And I'm, and I was just like, girl, and she finished on time. So, yeah. Well, I yeah. did have to like, uh, I went part-time just cause there's no way I could have done it full-time that first year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I graduated last May, um, in 2019. Amazing. So, um, it was, but honestly going back to school, I think was one of the most healing things that I did. Um, just because everything else was affected. Like, um, so with sepsis, it's like, it's a thing that shuts down all your major vital organs and mm-hmm. people who don't know. And so, the one thing that wasn't affected, well, two, I guess, was my heart and my brain. And so even though I was lear- relearning how to do everything else, I could still exercise that part of my brain. That's amazing. But, yeah. So um, I had to learn how to type in <laughs> everything again, too. But yeah. I did, like, voice to, like, um, help write papers for yeah, a while. Oh, my gosh. I never thought about that. Yeah. Just because, like. That must have been really, yeah. Fingers were so sensitive still at the time. And so. Mm-hmm. And so, but like I said, it was still one of the most healing things and it helped me so much, I think, cause like I wanted to become a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I mean, I basically felt like I did a lot of homework on myself. Uh, oh, I love that. I yeah. love that. What is your actual, I know you're, you're like a, a licensed therapist, correct? Yes. Okay. So what is your actual master's in just for my curiosity? Social work. Social work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so tell them where you currently work. You don't, well, tell them, you don't have to tell them where, but like what can, you do now. Yeah, it's fine. Um, okay. I work at a center for eating disorders and it's literally called a center for eating disorders. Um, okay. and so, um, I was an intern there for the year of like from 2018, like August of 2018 to May of 2019. And then they hired me on, um, after I graduated. And so mm-hmm. that like, a, it was just a job that I had no experience working with adults at the time. Uh-huh. And one of my professors, um, was like, okay, we got to do some things with your resume. You have no experience with adults. And I was like, well, <laughs> cause I'm like 23, like 24. Right. <laughs> like, you know, uh, and then she was like, and we need to make you sure you don't look like a Bible beater. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's like, that is amazing. <laughs> so much of my stuff was like, which was great. Like it was just so much faith oriented. Like I went, yeah. but I went, I mean, I went to ACA, Alabama Christian Academy. I went yeah. to Stanford University. I worked at a Christian camp and she was just like, this is good. However, some places will not hire you because you right. like we a Bible reader. <laughs> just want 
to make sure you're well-rounded. Yeah, and <laughs> open-minded. Um, exactly. Super important to me. And so I was like, sure. And so she was right. like, We'll we get you see that there. on paper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I ended up at ACED. And like, yeah, my entire life was turned upside down. I feel like by them, like it was just so great. Wow. That's so, so cool. Cause yeah, I didn't know. So last week or two weeks ago, I guess when you guys are listening to this, um, I kind of finally opened up about just struggles that I've had with body issues and, and the technical term would be like body dysmorphia. I, yeah. Says, sends my counselor. But, um, uh, so that has been something that it was the most freeing thing I ever did. It, yeah. And it took me years to, to be able to do and to talk about. And I was, even though I felt, I felt like I was ready to like talk about it on my social media. So, cause I had posted on my Instagram stories. I was still so scared that like people weren't going to understand or people didn't relate or, or just like yeah. didn't, care. You know what I mean? And I got so many, um, DMS just of people saying, thank you for talking about it. Or I have struggled with this in the past or wow, I, I would have never known, you know? And so that's when, cause me and Jamie keep up with each other uh, over social media and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when Jamie had direct messaged me and was just saying like, thank you for sharing blah, blah. And the, cause I didn't know that that's where you had landed, like mm -hmm. where you were working. And I just was like, if I can, if we can just talk, have a quick, this is obviously going to be a different episode, but like, I, I know, especially now that majority of women on some level of like a body image issues and stuff like that. And it's just were for me, I was so had, I carried so much shame about it and I had, I was so mm -hmm. embarrassed by it. And I just feel like we've got to talk about it more. And so yeah. I wanted to use this as an, as a platform to talk about it. Cause, because this is a very 99% of like the lady listeners are women. And so I just wanted to take this opportunity first cause Jamie is very well versed and that is like what she does. So yeah, I'm, that's kind of how this episode came to be. <laughs> yeah. I was so blown away. I just, I already told you this, but like by your just openness to share that, like on social media, like I literally was brought to tears. Um, especially like when you put the corset out, I was just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like that's just, it was so powerful. And the fact that you shared that. Um, and like I said, it's just not something we talk about and, yeah, and it's not. so much of that shame and stigma with it um and oh my gosh I, I could go on rants about how our media perpetuates this idea that diets and these this clean eating and all this kind of stuff that you should be a certain size and you should yes. look a certain way and it does such a disservice to females Mm -hmm. all over and males too like males have their own like have exactly. their own body image issues that they should look buff and all this kind of stuff right um but oh I could yeah it just it, it infuriates me because um all these you know diets and these what women should look like really really yes and but. the <laughs> the traditional and obviously I'm going to put a warning before this episode. And so obviously okay. I think that please use your own judgment and listening because we are talking about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so if that is something that might be triggering for you, please yeah. 
love the support, but maybe don't listen to this episode. Yeah. And I can help put out some like resources to you. Yes. That will all be linked in the podcast yeah. description for sure. Um, because, okay. So what we're saying was, uh, the traditional way or like that an eating disorder would ha- had looked or in my mind, I never thought that I had a problem because I didn't look like that and I wasn't skin and bones. Yeah. But honestly, I think that the media and our society disguised it as fitness and that's how, yes. and that's how I became yes. so dysfunctional because yes. it was disguised in the name of health and fitness mm-hmm. and it was so unhealthy and it, I just, I look back and I'm like, wow. I And I really didn't, I didn't have the resources to understand like, oh, this is not, this is not okay. This is not normal. It was difficult to come to grips with and be like, this is not correct. I have a problem and I need help now. Yeah. And like I said, I, and I hope you know, like I didn't have even so much information about eating disorders or what it could look like until I started my job there. Mm-hmm. So like, there's so much work to be done about like just shine, shining a light on like what, cause I think so many people, like I, I did, I never had an eating disorder. I never struggled with it, but I, I definitely had, it was so funny. The first week that I worked there, they made me follow a dietitian for a couple of days and she like flooded my, um, like, I don't know, my whole day with just information. And I was just like, wait, this is wrong. Like, no, wait, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Like, you know, oh, wow. And she made me take this quiz on like, what kind of eater I am. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was really indicative of a college lifestyle at the time. Like, cause I was in grad school and my schedule was insane, but I got um, chaotic unconscious eater. (laughs) Okay. Which, which basically meant that I ate whenever I could because my day, because I was going, I had like two jobs, I was working, you know, and I was doing um, an internship and I was at grad school. Um, So basically I just ate whenever I could. I, yes, I'm pretty sure every college student was probably considered that at one point. But it showed that, like, I was a disordered eater or whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh. And so she was like, what we want to be is an intuitive eater. And I was like, yes, what? that's what I strive for. Yeah, yes. but I'm like, what is that? And she was mm-hmm. like, well, when you're a baby, you cry and you want food. And then when you're done, like, you push the bottle away. And I was like, oh, wait, that's so true. And, <laughs> and she was like, she was like, and for somewhere along the way, we, we lose that. Like we, we get to the table and you're like, you're supposed to finish. And I've suffered from this. Like you should, you're supposed to finish everything on your plate. Yes. Or, or when you get to middle school or your high school, you're like, oh, I'm going to lose weight or college. And you're like, oh, wait, like, oh, mm-hmm. like I'm going to start, like, I, I'm only going to eat this much, or I'm going to only, I'm not, I'm going to cut out sugar. I'm going to cut out this. And, um, that's, that's a restrictive lifestyle. Yes, it is. I've been through, I've done just about every single eating style or diet that they're under the sun. Honestly, I specifically remember in college though, because you eat when you could and our days were so busy Yeah, me and my friend would go and we would eat, we would only eat once a day, but we were eating like thousands of calories because we knew we only had that one chance to eat. So we were just like shoveling it in. It was awful. But, um, my gosh, yeah, I know for me, the reasons why my, that I, I don't think I ever really progressed to an actual, like 
eating disorder and I just really had really disordered eating and I had just body dysmorphia. Like I would look in the mirror and like, that's just a whole nother topic, but yeah, it was just really, really toxic, like things that I was doing, but just real talk. I, the reason that I never really had a eating disorder was because I would binge and then I found out when I was 18, I tried to throw up and I don't have a gag reflex. So that's really the only reason that I never had one. So, and then it, so it just became like binging and then just feeling awful and then like not eating the next day because you have to to make up because I made these bad decisions yesterday, you know? So it was just an awful cycle that just lasted for years. And then I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I think honestly the most destructive was when I, when I, found the world of if it fits your macros was probably when I became the most disordered eater. Wow. Yeah. But I am slowly becoming an intuitive eater and have all these, I, I'm going to drop a couple of like girls that I follow on Instagram that are intuitive eaters and have just really taught me how to listen to my body and give it what it needs. And sometimes it just really needs dessert and that's okay. You know? So I am getting there and basically washing my brain out of all of these just ridiculous standards that we have. It's been a journey. <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounds like it. And like, and like, yeah, what you described, we have girls there just like it who took it, you know, to the extreme, mm-hmm. but had that same behavior binge and then restrict, binge, restrict. Um, and that, and yeah. And that one can be, um, that can fall under atypical anorexia. Um, there's so many, by the way, that I didn't even know that there's so many yeah. behaviors. Oh, dang it. I lost my train of thought. Um, but I guess, I guess I know you asked me, but I guess I was very intrigued by your story too. Like, what was that turning point for you that you were like, no more, like, I can't live this life anymore. Like, I'm. I don't want to put words into your mouth, but like, I think not anymore. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think that I was, there was a time, um, it was back in 2017 and I was doing, um, intermittent fasting was the new thing that I was trying. Yeah. Intermittent fasting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I was doing that and I was doing, so I was, I was walking my dog for an hour and then coming home, or, or sorry, walking my dog for an hour and then um, going and doing a show um, and all of the energy that that takes. And then yeah. um, doing another workout bef- all before eating. Um, wow. Or like I was eating, my window of eating was like from 11 to three. And then if, and if I didn't eat, like if I, so if I, had to do something and didn't eat right after the show. Then I just didn't eat again until the next day. But, um, and there were days when I felt awful, obviously. And then I was doing these high intensity, uh, workouts. Um, well I was doing the show and I did, that's not, that's my job. That's not a workout, you know, in my head. Aren't you dancing pretty? (laughs) Yeah, I was. And then coming home and then doing these high intensity workouts and for me personally learned later that that's really not akin to my body style and the in talking with my OBGYN and the the 
things that I struggle with on that end. Those are the worst style of workouts. And it actually looks like, she's like, so when you're doing that, it's releasing cortisol and you're just like gaining fat, which is exactly what was happening. But I, but I kept restricting and kept restricting, but I didn't under, I didn't know that the workouts I was doing was what was making me feel fluffier. So I did that for like four months and then that contract ended and I came home and I was so dissatisfied and upset that for me, the lowest point was like, I was like trying to get on like prescription. Like I was like asking for like phenamine and stuff from, from my doctor. And that was really when I was like, I don't want to, I don't, this is not, and I took it, I took it for two months and yeah. Oh yeah. I lost 20 pounds. Well, guess what? I, then I gained like 35, you know? Yeah. Cause that's not, it's not sustainable. No, not at all. So that was when I was like this, I can't live this lifestyle. And that's when I took an entire year off performing. Cause I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Can't mentally do it. Yeah. I remember listening to that. Like, I think a couple of podcasts ago and was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it just breaks my heart. Like, you know, because it is, it does such a toll to your body and you don't think that. Um, and I'm sorry, my dog is barking. I don't know. Love that. It's just not sustainable. And like, I don't know what, like, people don't think this. And we were talking about this literally at treatment today. They're like, for some reason, when it comes to eating disorders, when it comes to diets, you think you're the exception to the rule. You're like, I will never, like, I'll never, yeah, you're like, oh, well, I won't ever get sick. I won't be miserable. I can maintain this weight. Like I can sustain it. I did. That's it. Oh my gosh. Yes. And you don't, and you, but you can't, you literally can't. Like it's almost every diet that anybody's going to be on, you're going to gain that weight and more. Which is exactly what happened to me, which made me even more sad and more upset, more frustrated. And like, oh my gosh. And shame is never a great, great motivator. Like, you know, it's not. And half the people who have eating disorders, like there is some level of shame there that they shouldn't mm-hmm. look this way. Um, but yeah, you end up just being miserable. Um, it's just a sad, mm-hmm. sad thing. Also, you mentioned the OBGYN. Mm-hmm. Why don't we tell girls when they turn 18 and mm-hmm. they go off to college? I just don't understand this because it, it also contributes to shame about this freshman 15. Your body mm-hmm. is naturally changing. Okay, because there's obviously that awful yeah. don't um don't do freshman fifteen, it's bad, negative, blah, blah. But what what girls don't understand and what I didn't understand was I'm just a late bloomer anyway, so that that didn't happen to me. Um, it didn't happen to me until my senior year of college where I basically went through a second puberty and my hips widened yeah. and my boobs got bigger and I was I was devastated and I was yeah. like what am I, what's happening to me? You know, and natural growth to your body, your body, like none of us are really ever ready. I feel like, but like, you're not ready to have a child at 18, but like, that's what your body's doing. Right. You're getting ready for childbearing. No, And people don't tell girls that your body is still, first of all, your brain's still developing and your body is also still, yeah, exactly. Like your frontal lobe closes when you're 26 or something. Mm -hmm. 26. 26. Okay. So it's like, your body also is still developing and still becoming the body that you're going to live in. Um, but in society, we call it the freshman 15 and we make it this really awful negative thing. And so I think there's so much shame attached to it. Yeah, there is. And like I said, it's never, 
it's never a motivator. It's never a good, healthy yeah. thing to have. Like, you know, the shame. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just really sad. I think we think that it's supposed, once we get it like we want it, then we're supposed to keep it like that, which is just not. For the rest, yeah, for the rest of your life, which is right. not, not sustainable at all. No, it's also just not possible. Like, <laughs> and I think that's what, what's so sad about like people who have had eating disorder for a long time. Like you're trying to make your body look like a child. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was the worst at keeping photos of myself from when I had gotten super, and and even then, because of the way my body is built and because of the, like how my mom is built and my dad is built, I um have just naturally, we're like muscular people. My dad is like kind of like stocky. And so it's just like, even as hard as I was working, it was like, I got down and I was like feeling good about myself, but like that I was still being like, told oh we like you have this like you know fat on your lower stomach that you really need to tone you know wait people told that to you um yeah (laughs) that makes me so mad actually yeah and it was a boy (laughs) so um literally I could go and punch them right now right it was awful but and then as it as but then I had this beautiful revelation when I was um last year, last year, I was reading this article and this woman was like, stop trying to get rid of the fat on your lower belly. That is like you, your body is meant to have that. It's supposed to protect your lady parts, the parts that are going to give life to your child. Like that's why that's there. It's supposed to be there. And it was just like this amazing eye opening moment of like, oh, it's okay that that's there. Yeah, it's supposed you know? to be there. And it's where I've always held weight. And so it's so been something that like, I thought like one day I'll get rid of it. One day I'll get rid of it. And then reading this article from this woman, I was like, I, I had this like, just acceptance, like wash over me. It was really, yeah. it's been, it was, it was really awesome to read that. Yeah. And I think like you bring up a good point. Like, I think what, there's some good movements I feel like that's come in, that's in society today about like loving your body and loving yes. body positivity, which good idea, good idea. But at the same time, not realistic. It's not realistic because at the same, like you're not going to be happy with your body 100% of the time. Yeah. And that's just life. Like you're going to wake up someday and you're going to feel bloated because you're on your period mm. and you're not going to feel 100% about your body. So the notion that you're supposed to feel like amazing about your body all the time. And like, in my own personal perspective, if there's like things that I could change about my body, I would like, you know, like yeah. the idea of bo- loving my body and body positivity did not work for me. Right. It was, it was acceptance that worked mm-hmm. for me. This is and- what it is. And it's like on those days where I don't love my body, are the days when I have to say, but this is what it like did for me. Uh, yes. It took my dog for a walk. It, you know, stretched yeah. and did yoga and got my mind ready to like work on my computer for the day. Like I have to, I'm starting to be more conscious of that and saying, and thanking my body for what it does rather than focusing on the things that I wish that it did or that I want it to look like. Uh, which also, by the way, like I was looking at your posts and stuff, like kudos to you. I like, I mean, you, I think you mentioned like a counselor or whatever. I don't know if you came mm-hmm. up with that on your own, but that's a beautiful 
CBT technique that you just did, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's basically the idea of reframing. Um, and that, like, oh, I was just so impressed by you because I was like, that's what we try to get our girls to do. And, and, and men, we have men in our eating disorder clinic, but like to do, it's like, there is no way you can be like, well, I just love my thighs today. Like that's not, yeah. but you're like, I can be grateful for the fact that like my thighs are like, you know, it's a part of my legs, which get me places, which, mm-hmm. you know, like, which let me dance, which let me like, you know, run around or, you know, my hands are, I can pick up things. I can pick up my child. I can pick up my dog. Like, you know, they're yeah. the idea of like, be grateful for what your body does for you. And so, um, like, yeah, I think that's just wonderful. Yeah. It was something that she suggested. And then I saw on Instagram, honestly, because, yeah. and my friend helped me. She was just like, uh, when I kind of finally opened up to my close friends um, and family about some of the struggles that I had had. She was like, you need to, when you're ready, you need to go through your Instagram. And even though you love this actress and she might be your favorite actress, but if you're going to keep scrolling through her Instagram and comparing your arms to her arms and why aren't, you know, I, again, like I was in, in a really toxic mindset and, not everyone understands. So it feels so silly saying it now, but like, I was like, my wrists are like so much bigger than hers. Like, you know, like just crazy stuff, but it's, it was so real to me for a really long time. And, um, even though I love her, I, I can't follow her on Instagram. (laughs) And who are some people that, who are some people that look like me that I can follow on Instagram and follow their journey and kind of things like that are super helpful because look, I love Instagram and it's my most oh, yeah. used app. And so, so it's like if I, and I'm definitely something that I've talked about a lot and I talk about a lot in person is you are in charge of like your feed and you get to cultivate what you see yeah. when you're scrolling. So, so do that. And, and I took my own advice and was like unfollowed these, honestly, it was a lot more of like celebrities and like influencers that I had to just be like, that's not realistic and that's not real life and I don't need that anymore so and we're we're constantly preaching like health at every size um because this Mm -hmm. notion that healthy looks a certain way is just Mm -hmm. not not realistic and um we try to take a lot of the shame out of food and stuff like that so like I loved how you said earlier you're like sometimes I just need dessert like so true we we have dessert like with our clients. Um, and one of our dietitians always talks about how she's going to write a book, like, like let them eat cake. Like, you know, yes. just take the shame out of like food. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and like Thanksgiving gets on my everlasting nerves because the day after people are like, Oh, my diet starts tomorrow. It's like, right. Why can't you just be grateful that you're with friends and family? Yeah. I can't imagine, especially for like, people that are recovering from eating disorders. I know that that's got to be a very difficult day because I won't say it's like, it's not a triggering thing for me, but it was all, it was, I was more, my friends and family love them. You know, they're my close circle. But then when you get around your extended family, I would be super self-conscious about like eating in front of them. And like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's so weird. (laughs) Like the way that, my brain has been like wired over so many years. And like, I've, I, 
know exactly where it stems from. So it's been like that since I was nine years old. Nine years old is when I was like nine. Oh, nine. Yeah. My, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> we were trying on hand-me-down clothes. This is just real talk. Uh, we were trying on hand-me-down clothes in the living room, which if you <laughs> were a middle class, like, or a lower middle class family, or you yeah. have brothers and sisters, that's what you did. And we used it as a fashion Normal. show. And even at nine years old, I still carried weight in my lower stomach, which is weird for a nine-year-old. I understand. But my mom like said something about it. And then also that I had cellulite on my stomach at nine, which I didn't know what it was. And so she like told me what it was and that it's not a good thing. And then like touched it. And then I was, from there, I was constantly aware of it and it kind of grew and became this big monster that I had to kind of like deal with. And that's not to say my mom, my, my mother is amazing and I love her. No, so yeah. And she, she would have never known that that one instance of her making me aware of my body and how it has something on it. cellulite that it shouldn't have on it, you know, like just kind of set. A, a, and then obviously there are other things that happen throughout, you know, my, middle school, high school that made, made it even bigger in my head and made it more important. And it was just a glaring thing that every day I would wake up and look at myself in the mirror and, and be like, well, what about this? Well, like, oh, this doesn't look good. Like, ah, you know, so I say all that to say. Like that absolutely (laughs) breaks my heart. And then. I wish I could like just hug (laughs) nine-year-old Brittany right now and be like, (laughs) no you had no idea yeah you're okay but, like you know oh yeah and then having the strength to like want to talk to someone about it but then by by the time that I tried to talk to someone about it I was in a really irrational place where I was talking about like comparing wrists and like my arms and like my fingers like that don't make that doesn't make sense and it's irrational so when I was, when I remember trying to talk to a friend about it and they just shot me down and made me feel oh, no. stupid. Well, because it, it was, but not to oh, me. Yeah. Um, so again, it's been a lifelong and, and, and I don't think I'm completely hit, like, I'm not magically like a new person, I'm not magically healed, but I am taught by talking about it. I feel like I can, I've named it. I have put it out there and it doesn't own me and I'm not for you. Exactly. I don't feel controlled by it anymore. So it's been, it's been a great couple of weeks since I've kind of started. I I started back in January when I started talking to a counselor and, um, then I, yeah, shortly after I talked to it, talked about it with my friends and my sister. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really awesome. I, I want to, take a second because if, if we're talking about these things and you're thinking, oh, I have done that or, oh, I I have a friend that I've noticed does this, what would be the first step for them? Mm, It just depends. I was also thinking like, just like pro tip on how to be a good friend or supportive family member. Don't be so quick to react. Mm -hmm. sit in that emotion with them like pro tip on being a good friend just sit there listen Mm -hmm. to them indulge like engage like 
just listen. You do not have to say, if you don't know what to say, or sometimes the best thing is just not say anything at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but yes, especially if it comes to this, like be curious instead, just be like, really? Like you think that about your wrist, like, can you tell me more? Like, where is that coming from? Instead of being like, oh, you're stupid. Like, of course not. Like, that's going to make, and I'm not going to put words into your mouth or what you were feeling that day, but like, yeah, you feel shot down. You feel like dismissed in that moment. And yeah, you're going to retreat far. That friend that is struggling, you like may have retreated farther back into that hole. Yeah. Um, It just really solidified like that I I am like something's wrong and I am crazy and, but I, I don't know, but it made me keep it to myself for longer. Yeah. Yeah. So just have, um, and like, obviously this is coming from like, I have training in this, but like, just, just try so, try so hard not to make it like all about you in that moment. It's not about you in that moment. You need to listen to them, um, and see where they're coming from. And then that, that will build a trust and a rapport that they will listen to you and actually want to know what you're thinking and saying. Yeah. Because when it takes, like what you said, it takes so much courage to speak up. Yeah. And you're, and you are looking for clues, especially for someone who is either have disordered eating or eating disorder. You have been down that hole for a while and you've been fixated on your body for so long you're hyper aware of what everyone else is doing and thinking and seeing. I hate to say it, but like, I was very good about not making it known. And because again, because I, because I, because I wasn't, I wasn't at that extreme. And so, and so, and my appearance wasn't extreme, which so yeah, exactly. So even though it was really, really, really like something that was weighing on me, I wasn't outwardly, you would not know. And because I did keep it a secret and it's not something that I ever talked about with. So I think it just really took them by surprise. Yeah. Because when the one time, the only time that someone showed concern was when I was so far deep that I was like, oh, they don't, they don't want me to look good. They don't want me to be my mind for a long time tied back to like my success in theater and my career. So it was like, they don't want me to be successful. They they're mm-hmm. trying to tear me down. Like it became, oh, wow. it became like almost a little bit like paranoid. That's really insightful. The one person that like tried to ask me, I was in, yeah. I was in. Yeah. And- yeah. So I guess like my tip, my advice for those, like I said, be curious, um, ask questions, act like it's like at that point, if they bring up something, be, act like it's like an interview, but in the most gentle way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, if you're the friend, um, and then just be like, how long is this going Your on? Your dog. <laughs> can I go get her real yeah, quick? Yeah, you can right? go get her. <laughs> what is your advice to girls or women that maybe if someone does come to them with like I, I think you know I might have a problem I don't know however that conversation yeah, um, comes up you know most times okay most times people who um like I said the person who may be struggling with an eating disorder that comes to you they're looking for any signs of like are you going to ridicule me are you going to shame me mm-hmm. um so just be so gentle with them um 
and and just assure them that they are loved for who they are and that there's nothing that unconditional love like that there's nothing that they can do or there's nothing that they've done to themselves or to other people that like you know you'll still be there um and for those who and on the other flip side for those who think they might be struggling with something like um i'm just praying that you're brave um Mm -hmm. to find think of a friend or a family member that you that has always been non-judgmental towards you and go to them and 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 i and i sure you'll test them yeah um but um recovery is possible if you at any point have listened to this episode and and you think oh i've done that or i i don't know i I feel like talk talk to your friends now don't talk to your friends now or i mean i'm not gonna throw you under the butt but like this is the podcast but i'm like yeah they can reach out to you right like yeah yeah (laughs) i don't have all the answers but i for me um i'm available exactly like we will listen at least like so that you can to get it off of your own chest and unload it onto someone else just so at least you can breathe and and think about like what you need to do next I guess but yeah, I just feel like a lot to have that conversation yeah and yeah I know that obviously there are thousands and thousands of women that have a very healthy relationship with food and with their body and that is amazing and I I'm getting there, you know? Yeah. I mean, but and I, I just know, now got there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was I like, know oh. that there's a lot of us that are struggling right now. And especially during yeah. COVID, it is okay. Like, yeah. but this yeah. is also a time, like, there's no time like the present, like speak up. True. To your friends um, who are struggling or if you're struggling. Yes. I think that the work that you're doing is amazing. Um, it makes me so happy and proud to have you as a friend, honestly. Cool. <laughs> um, so obviously this has been a little bit of a different episode for yeah, like a, lady. <laughs> a little bit heavier, but I am so, so happy that we sat down and did this. Yeah, me too. I do want to end because we always want to end it on a bright, positive note. Um, I want to know of a lady that inspires you, can be in your life, can be someone, you know, that you look up to. I just want to know. Oh my gosh. I feel like I've been blessed with so many wonderful women in my life. Um, but I think, especially through my journey of like sickness and health and, um, somebody who helped realize like self-compassion anyway, was my aunt and like my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, they're some of the strongest women in my life, um, at this point. Um, but yeah, my aunt was one of the ones when I was taking my like licensing exam for social work and like, I have always had best bad test anxiety, but yeah, but really- also I've heard that test is like almost as hard as taking the bar exam. It's so hard. And I- the, I've heard that. Oh my gosh. It was so hard. But like, yeah, I've always had really bad test anxiety. Like poor Miss Pickin and poor Miss <laughs> people, people who literally yeah, Miss McCroskey like people who have like they they diagnosed it really early yeah. um but um I just, remember, test. <laughs> I just remember her texting me te- texting me the night before and was like what's the worst that could happen like what mm-hmm. like if you were to fail oh well like, but, uh, but like, if somebody else were to fail the same exam, what would you tell them? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, well, 
you know, like that test doesn't define them. Like they're yeah. so much more there's they have so much value. Um, they, they're like their skills in the field, like are, you know, are so much more that, that can't be taught on this yeah. test. Um, but of course I wasn't thinking that way. And yeah. so she was like, apply that to yourself. And I was like, Oh, yeah yeah and so she she's definitely someone like like I said that has kind of taught me that term and also for those um people who want to learn more about self-compassion Brene Brown she Mm -hmm. she's on Netflix if you want to go listen to her she also has a ton of books they kind of all say the same thing she just kind of spins it in a different way um but she's uh she's an LMSW just like me so I love her super great so that's another <laughs> one um and like I said my mom like I said is one of the strongest people I know and I love that yeah so yeah those are <gasps> the women in my life <laughs> oh yeah definitely look up Brene Brown though for sure yeah um she's great Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for I'm so honored. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for joining me and talking about difficult stuff, but it's been amazing. And I know that there's at least one girl listening that has learned something and hopefully can start a different relationship with herself, her body, her eating, whatever it is. I know that it will have helped one person. So I'm so, ex- so glad to have had your expertise in like talking about this. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm still learning. Uh, I don't, yeah. I would not consider myself an expert, but yes. Well, <laughs> to the regular people you are. Thanks. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. We are going to put some resources down in the uh, actual podcast link, but also on our Facebook page. So make sure you're following the Facebook page and on Instagram. We'll make sure to have those resources there too. Um, I love you guys so much and we'll see you or not see you. We'll touch you in the next episode. Bye. Yeah. <laughs>